text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to WBCALP, 102.9 FM, Boston, Boston's community radio station. Hello, hello. You're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones, and I just want to welcome everybody this evening for listening in. Truly appreciate you listening into this show, and I pray that it's a blessing to you. If it's a blessing to you or you have ideas of things you want to hear talked about or guests we can have on the show, I want you to uh, email me at nevergiveupnow777 at gmail.com. That's nevergiveupnow777 at gmail.com. And uh, we'll definitely answer every emails if you're struggling If you're feeling down, I want you to email, and we will respond to you. Last week, we kind of talked about we must see God properly. That was the topic, although we kind of talked a little bit um, on, uh, you know, just kind of like the warm-up. So, you know, here's our next section on, you know, how do you see God? Do you see God as someone small or uh, someone large, you know, <clears throat> you see God as a God who's able to answer prayer, who, I mean, so it's like, how, how do you think about it? You know, because how we see God and how we think about what God is able to do for us kind of determines, too, when we're down and we feel like things are too heavy and we feel like we want to give up. Well, um, how we see God really does affect that, you know. And then another question would be, you know, where's your faith in this, you know, um, because First John 5 and 8 says that faith will cause us to have victory, right? And man, my God, you know, he's, he's a, he will help us to walk in victory. He will cause us to be triumphant. So all of that has to center around our faith. And we all have been given a measure of faith, the Bible says. And my question is, wow, if we all have been given a certain measure, a measure of faith, then how do we grow it, expand it, so that when when we have problems, we can begin to trust our God, right? Because he's a big God. I mean, we shrink him down to our own understanding and humanness sometimes. But he's not a human being. He's a spirit, right? He's a God of the universe. Heaven and earth, you know, is in his hands. And so um, seeing God properly, you know, has to do, too, about um, how big we see God. And we have sometimes these problems that seem so big, and yet we don't think God can help us because they're so big. And I guess an example for me would be, like if somebody said, you know, I've been having some knee aches. Can you pray for my knees? Man, I'm right on it. I'm like, God can heal those knees. Amen. By his stripes, you are healed. But then when somebody tells me they have lupus or cancer, you know, wow, all of a sudden, you know, I I, I get like bumbled. Like, how should I pray? But he's the same God 
the same God that's able to heal knees, that's able to heal, heal a headache. He's able to heal cancer. He's able to heal of um, diabetes, right? I, I heard a sister's testimony who she was <clears throat> diagnosed with diabetes. And even though she prayed to God, she began to change her lifestyle as well. She's like, hey, we got to help God too. Like, right, we can't just say, God, you know, heal me of um, high blood pressure and diabetes. And then we're eating improper foods and sugar and salty things, things of that nature. But what life changes do we need to make um, in order to assist so that we're not, you know, countering what God is doing in our life in the healing process? And so... Do we see our God big? Do we see our God small? That's that's a question, right? So we have to stop seeing Jesus, um, our you know, Father God, Jesus, Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit as small, right? And and also don't let like your your head or people talk you out of the possibilities that God is able to do. And sometimes we um, allow, you know our experiences or the or our fears to talk us out of the possibilities. And yet, that's what faith is all about. It's not really seeing it, but having faith to believe that God can do it. Nothing is impossible to those that believe. And the Bible says what's impossible for man is possible with God. So we have to trust the process. Now, I know I'm saying this, and I do believe it in my heart, but then even as I'm believing it, sometimes situations do occur. And in those situations, do you know, we jump out of character sometimes, or we jump back into our old skin. And the thing is that the Bible tells us that, you know, we're new creations in Christ. We're new. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a new creation, right? You become new. You're born again. Not that you went into your mother's womb, as it says in Nicodemus, but the fact that now spiritually you're born again, right? And what Adam um, gave up, Jesus Christ restored, right? And so therefore, being born again, we now have access to God, right? And so it's it's a process. It's It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing journey, but we have to walk by faith. He said the just must live and walk by faith. And then sometimes God allows things, you know, to 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 happen to test our faith in a way to help us see where we're located. I may think, wow, I'm a faith walker, you know, and then all of a sudden I lose my job and I begin to panic and 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 panic is is a natu- is a response. But when we're walking by faith, we want to lose the panic, right? We want to lose the feeling of impossibility. We want to lose fear. And so we've got to almost train ourselves to think different. We have to train ourselves to trust God in situations where normally I would depend on someone else or I depended on my mom or my dad. Now they are not here on the earth anymore. And so I've got to now trust God, right? But we, we want to train people up um, to say that, you know, hey, God, I'm going to trust you um, <clears throat> in spite of, 
I'm going to trust you in the midst of me not understanding. I'm going to trust you when everything seems like it's producing the worst. I'm going to trust you. That's a mouthful. You know, I almost want to pause a moment to take that in. Because even as I'm saying it, I'm feeling the mandate and the responsibility of being an ambassador to trust God in the midst of my uncertainty. And it's like, God, how can I trust you and be uncertain at the same time? Well, great. Lose the uncertainty and trust me. Ah, I never like kind of had to see God like that. So now that um, all the people I normally might have would have depended on, I find myself saying, wow, I've got to trust God. But he doesn't want us to trust him because we just have to, right? He wants us to develop a relationship to build that trust. And now when my back's against the wall, you know, with tears running down my eyes, I have to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my granddaughter. I trust you even with my own ending of my story of what it is that you have for me on this earth. I trust you because even in these later years of my life, I find that um, I, I, I feel like I haven't really tapped in to all that God has, but I have to trust him and not give up. See, it's a choice. Trust you or give up. I don't want to give up. I don't want to die with all this stuff in me still to do. So pour it out. Empty it out now. What is it that is in you to do? It's troubling you. You know, don't beat yourself up troubling you, but troubling you because, you know, you have a sense of urgency that you want to get it done. It could be writing a song. I was just talking a few minutes ago to someone who said, hey, I sing. I wanted to find out so much more about it. Like, wow, you do it kind of music, you know, and um, you got songs in you. That's so powerful. Not everybody's walking around with the gift to sing and to make melody. You know, I, I started singing in church probably about a good five, six months ago. And it seems like I've been hoarse ever since. I don't, I don't seem to have my voice, you know. And I'm like, wow, devil, you're a liar because I want to worship God in that way, you know. So maybe I need to um, learn uh, techniques on not straining my voice and singing from my abdomen. You know, you hear people saying it, you know, but I'm, it doesn't always seem to come natural for me. And yet I like to sing. And um, I don't have like a fantastic voice. But I feel like whatever sound comes from my mouth, I want God to be glorified, right? And, um, and that's, that's the key, God, really, that you get the glory from everything I do for my life. Because Job gave us a hint. He said, naked I came into this world, and naked I will leave out. So what do we do in between the coming in and the leaving out? We get to create that space. We get to determine how we're going to show up, you know. And so I want us to show up strong. I want us to show up seeing God powerful. Amen. So God already knows that he's a healer. He told us. He said, you know, by my stripes you are healed. I came to move the the the, the bondage and the the works of the enemy and the darkness from your life. You notice sometimes people always attract trouble, darkness always coming, you know. And um, 
And, you know, you wonder, what is that? Why are they always in mischief and commotion? Why is there always chaos around them? Why are they attracting that? I don't want to attract chaos. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be a change agent. I, I mean, you know, I, I want to be an atmosphere changer. Hallelujah. I want to walk into a situation and bring hope and bring life, bring joy, bring peace. I want to walk in a situation where there's contention and there become peace and wholeness and forgiveness and love. And um, so having the wisdom to be able to do that is just, to me, the epitome of um, something special, you know. But God knows he wants to heal your marriage, your finances, maybe your emotions, you know, maybe it's your health. But he wants to heal every aspect of your life. I remember saying, you know, Lord, I want every area of my life to be excellent for you. You know, whatever that means to you. Sometimes I don't always know who's listening. But whatever that means to you, to walk in excellence. You may not be a Christian, but can you walk in excellence in every area of your life? That means you're doing your best. You're walking in hope and love and kindness and peace and joy. That you're giving, you know, you're, you're giving people a chance. You know, you're not cutting them off quick, you know. That even when you you know you're at a stop sign and um, the other person you know you let them go or you know you're you're not so easily agitated you know um, that's that's how we want to show up right we want to be excellent in every I I my yard sometimes you know was not a priority for me and you could tell by my hedges in my yard but I said God if I'm I want to carry that spirit of excellence in every area so that means hey. I want my yard to be excellent. I want everything to be in order, not only just on the outside, but also inwardly, not only for my yard, but even in my house, you know, not having a lot of clutter and boxes. Maybe there's things I could donate or give, you know, um, to people and others. Yeah, I want to be a giver in every area, not just in tithes and offering and time, but also in my possessions and the things that I have. I always want to be a giver, you know. You know, I'm just feeling really just a spirit of, you know, of hope and love right now and peace, you know. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, wow, if the whole, if all the people in the world would begin to kind of think about that, you know, to be excellent in every area of their life, you know. Um, I think about this lady was my neighbor, and somehow I, she asked, you know, I was standing by the door of a house, and, you know, she told me to come in. She was a hoarder. It was really nowhere to walk, you know, and my heart just broke, you know, uh, for her um, and, you know, how to best help her and get her the help um, she needed, you know. So we're always looking for ways to be a blessing. Amen. But um, it might be that you're in need of a, a job, you know. God knows what you have need of, and he wants to heal you. That's what the main essence of what it is I'm saying, seeing God properly, he, seeing him as a healer, as someone who loves you um, and will not leave you and abandon you in your troubles. But then you got to sometimes ask yourself, you know, what am I doing to continue to always have situations and troubles? Sometimes you're not doing anything, but sometimes it could be that you are the cause, you're, you're your own worst enemy 
I don't know. You have to do the research. You have to check and examine yourself. I think a lot of times we don't do self-examination and we want to outwardly blame others or blame the situations or blame somebody's trying to hold me back. But in essence, can anyone really hold you back when it's something that you really want in life? I, I listen, we, we look at TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and we see people now becoming millionaires based upon um, just an idea that they had. And so now, um, you know, if you choose to go to college, that's great. You may not. But in essence, if you keep working at something, we're seeing it. Um, that if you work hard at something, whether it's a basketball player, sport or something, that you're going to be better at it, right? And uh, you don't know where that's going to take you. So, amen. But just knowing and seeing that the God whom we serve is able, right? He's able to keep us, and he will. We must see that not only is God able, but he will deliver us, right? I'm talking right now to those who sit on the edge of their bed in tears, wondering, does God hear me? Does he care? Does he love me? You know, is he willing? And I want to say, I want to reassure you. I want to speak to your faith right now and say, yes. Yes, he is willing. Yes, he cares. Yes, he loves you. And I want to even pray that you would even connect with him even now, right? Even when this broadcast is over, that you would stay where you're seated and say, God, come to me, show me who you are. I don't want to go based upon what my mother used to say, or you are, or my aunts, or my neighbors. I want to know you for myself. I challenge anyone, any religion, any person to just say, God, help me to know you for myself. I want you to be real for me in my life. He's not intimidated. He knows exactly where you are. He's come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. And I know as we go from show to show, you may hear me repeating certain things, certain scriptures that are powerful, that are life-producing. Like if you plant a dead seed, look at, think about the seed. It's completely dead, dried up dead. You put it in the ground, in soil, and you begin to water it, and eventually... It begins to produce life and fruit. Wow. Amen. So I'm giving my little ways, my little dead ways and dead behaviors and dead attitudes, planting myself in Jesus so that he can birth out of me something beautiful, fruit for the future. Amen. I want to read a scripture, a couple of scriptures, 2 Timothy 1 and 12. It says, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I love that scripture. I remember when my children were kind of giving me a little upset, you know, they would become teenagers. And I remember saying, God, you said that you're able to keep that that I commit into your hands. I have committed my children. Not I committed them when they were young, before they were even old enough to have trouble, to know trouble, to know gangs, to know. You know, I committed them into your hands. And you said that you were able to keep them. And God has kept his promise that even now they're in their 
um, late, you know, middle 30s, early 30s, they, um, God is keeping them. Sometimes there's moments when you're like, hmm, but I have to remember it's not impossible. Whatever they're demonstrating, whatever seems like, wow, I don't know, you know, trust God, keep to his promises, remind him of his word. God, you said that you were able to keep them. Also, Hebrews 7 and 25 says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for him. See, when we see God properly, we see that God is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. He's our advocate. He is the one who is pleading our case and advocating for us. He's going saying, Father, Father, wait, wait, I was there on the earth. I kind of know, you know, the trouble that they're experiencing, you know. So he, he's fighting for us. He's interceding for us. He said, he said to Peter, he said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you like wheat. He said, but I, I'm praying that your faith not fail. Wow. I don't want my faith to fail, and I don't want your faith to fail. And we want to remind yourself of what faith is. Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 3 that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the worlds, by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which, um, you know, which things which are seen were no made of things which are visible. And so in other words is the, in the beginning, there was nothing, but God spoke it into existence. And that's a key point, you know, that whatever situation that seems impossible, instead of giving up, let's take a minute to speak what we do not see into existence. And I, I, I kind of feel like we're tag teaming on this year together because that's something that I want to do as well. Continue to do it. The things that I don't see, I want to see. I want to see them manifested. Then I'm going to speak into those things, right? So that's Hebrews 11 and 3. Um, different translations are a little, uh, that, that, that excites you uh, even more. So, you know, we think about where do we get faith? Well, it says, for I say in Romans 12 and 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So that's where we get that scripture from, that he's given us all a measure of faith, right? And so therefore, we should think soberly, be soberly minded. Uh, Romans twelve seventeen says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we keep hearing the word of God. Our faith in God begins to increase, you know, and Romans 1 and 17 says, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, um, we also want to develop, if not an internal portfolio, but definitely develop a portfolio of what God 
has done already in our lives. Right? So that's that's real important. What are you saying? I'm saying that when people, when you accomplish something or someone prophesies unto you or something you did great in God, you write that down. And the day that God answered a prayer, you write that down. Write the date you prayed it and the date he answered because he will answer. It could be in hours, days, weeks, months, or years, but he'll be faithful. And sometimes when we don't write it down, we don't pay attention to when he does answer it, you know? And sometimes we have to thank God for answering it even when we don't see it, right? Even though it doesn't look answered at the time. Hallelujah. So God, you know, became flesh and he dwelt among us. You know, he, 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 God put on Jesus and walked among us, you know? And we know that without faith, we cannot, we cannot uh, please God. And so that tells us in Hebrews 11.6 that without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So are you a, a diligent seeker of God, right? Um, or do you start and stop? Or only seek him when you have trouble or problems. You know, that's a problem. You, you would call that a fair-weathered friend. If somebody only came around you when, um, when they only came around you when they were in trouble or needed money, right? So God wants us to build our relationship that not only when we're in trouble, but also in our good times, also when we're anticipating and making moves right? Planning things. God wants to be involved in all of our life. And so it's easy to love God when everything is okay, right? But can we love him when we're in the valley? Can we love him when we're in trouble? Can we trust and rely on the promises of God, right? Um, That's when we have to know who we are in Christ. That's when we have to know that we're the head and not the tail that we're above and not beneath, that we're more than a conqueror. That's when you have to know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, right? That's when you have to know what you have. You have to know that God is a as our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You have to know that the Lord is on my side and I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, that's when you, you have to know who you are in Christ and you have to stand on his promises, right? That's when you have to trust him. So in Isaiah, and we're going to end because we're running out of time, but Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, he will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So praise God. That God, we have to know who God is. We have to see him properly so that he can work in our lives. Amen. All right. God bless you. I thank you for uh, listening in. Once again, you're listening to Never Give Up, where giving up is not an option. I'm your host, Rochelle Jones. And remember, greatness is on the inside of you. Have a great, great week. And I look forward to listening next week, Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday at 730. Blessings.